Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Roundtable Club podcast with your host, Praise, here. Today, uh, this is episode 17 of the Roundtable Club podcast, and today we'll be discussing my most anticipated films of the year, uh, some the Oscar nominations that were announced a couple days ago, and then also a Shazam promo that came out uh, this week that I'm really excited to talk about. So starting with the my most anticipated films of the year, uh, my, uh, my like my number five is Avengers Endgame. Uh, directors uh, are Joe and Anthony Russo. Music by Alan Silvestri. The writers are still the same, and Stephen McFeely and Christopher Marcus. The starring cast is Chris Evans as Captain America, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, and Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, all returning, as well as the other bevy of actors that were in Avengers Infinity War. Um, like I said, uh, I'm very excited to see how this ends. Now, I don't want to call Avengers Infinity War my most favorite Marvel movie yet, only because I haven't seen Avengers Endgame, and um, to me that really plays a factor into how uh, how the story coincides and how it ends as a whole volume and has a whole bookmark to the end of this chapter in the universe i am curious to see how this is not only going to end but the what characters we might lose as well as what effect this movie will have on the entirety of the cinematic universe uh albeit with the disney fox merger coming up um i'm very excited to one day see the fantastic four and x-men join the marvel cinematic universe uh and I'm kind of curious to see if they'll allude to anything or even give us a hint of development with like something small, such as maybe them referring to a school that just opened up for all the kids who came back um, and tested positive for like a metahuman gene like they're kind of doing in Young Justice or if uh, or if they say a person from Harvard or wherever Charles Xavier studied is there or having maybe the, ba- the, the building that was bought the Avengers Tower that was bought become the Baxter building at the end of Avengers Endgame, um, or saying that it might be turned into a hotel or into a hotel, that would be pretty cool. Um, but like I said, I'm just really excited to see where this can go. And I'm kind of using the key con- this key concept for also another film that, uh, that I'm very excited for and, my, and that's going to lead right into my number four, which is Star Wars Episode Nine. So... It is helmed by returning director J.J. Abrams for the final installment, final installment of the main Star Wars film franchise. Uh, the screenplay was done by J.J. Abrams himself, Colin Trevorrow, Chris Terrio, uh, and Derek Connolly. I'm assuming Trevorrow and Connolly were on the project before um, Trevorrow departed, um, but they're probably still using some of his story beats. And um, it's all based on the characters by George Lucas. And with this Star Wars sequel trilogy, so I was a fan of the the Force Awakens. I did acknowledge its problems, it being very similar to the to A New Hope and what it did. And uh, at first, I didn't mind it, but um, and I still don't mind it either. But uh, I do, I did enjoy the film, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, Ryan Johnson's film. I also, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it at first. Uh, it took me a while to warm up to it, but nonetheless, uh, I understood what he was going for. Although I don't agree with it, I do understand what he was going for, and I'm uh, and I accept it at this point, and that's all I can do. But I do want to see how this also closes out 
because the same thing I said for Avengers Infinity War, I'm kind of using here. It could turn out really great, and then it could change my whole perspective of what Episode 8 was, unless they really disregard everything that happened in Episode 8. Um, but I don't know. So, J.J. Abrams is not known specifically for having strong endings. If you look at things like Lost and things like Super 8, which are very divisive endings and stuff, um, he's not a man known for his endings, but he's a really good starter. So, I'm really interested to see how he's going to cap off this uh, franchise and this uh, trilogy of the Skywalker saga and where the Star Wars brand goes from there. So, that's my number four. My next picture that I'm very excited for is let me see it was over here somewhere is once upon a time in hollywood so this film i'm really excited for it is a picture that's going to be helmed by quentin tarantino and it stars brad pitt margot robbie and leonardo dicaprio amongst another bevy of actors and such uh, in 1969, Los Angeles, a former Western star and his longtime stunt double struggled to find success in Hollywood that they don't recognize anymore. Um, so this film has been touted as the next big thing for Tarantino. He had a little bit of a, of a struggle getting it back on par because of the Harvey Weinstein scandal and things of that nature. And he had to sell it to another distributor because of this. And I'm really just excited to see what happens with this film, and I really can't wait to see it. The The concept seems really whole and really cool, and the actors are really, really cool that they got to be in the film. So I guess, I mean, not much is known about it at the moment, but I this, this is my number three, so I'm really excited to see it. Uh, so my next film that I'm going to discuss is The Lion King. So this film, uh, and I think I ch this for the most part this is uh, this is the ones that I, I'm keeping. So this is obviously a photorealistic um, computer animated film uh, using the same technology they used in Jungle Book, and it follows direct and the the director John Favreau, who did the Jungle Book, is also helming this project, The Lion King, uh, and it, the premise is that it journeys to the African savanna where a future king is born. Simba idolizes his father, King Mufasa, and takes his takes to heart his own royal destiny. But not everyone celebrates the new cub's arrival. So uh, Scar, Mufasa's brother and former heir to the throne, has plans of his own. The battle for Pride Rock is ravaged with betrayal, tragedy, drama, and ultimately resulting in Simba's exile. With the help of a curious pair of newfound friends, Simba will have to figure out how to grow up and take back what is rightfully his. So, this also stars uh, Donald Glover as Simba, Seth Rogen, Beyonce, Suhotel Ejiofor, Eric Andre, Keegan-Michael Key, uh, and a bevy of other actors, and Billy Eichner as Timon, and Beyonce as Nala, and the returning voice, James Earl Jones, as well as Hans Zimmer returning to score and stuff, and probably um, Elton John as well for, for some extra music. I'm really excited to see how this plays out. I was a big fan of The Jungle Book and John Favreau's interpretation of The Jungle Book, and I can't wait to see what he does with this, uh, with this film as well. And then my final, uh, my number one film that I'm looking forward to is It Chapter 2. Uh, so this is 
the second part of Stephen King's eponymous, or yeah, I think that's how you say it, eponymous novel. Um, it it follows. Uh, it's set, it's set in 2016, 27 years after the events of 1989 described in the first film. The, 2000, the film stars Bill Skarsgård, who reprises his role as Pennywise, and also stars James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Ray, Jay Ryan, Bill Hader, Isaiah Mustafa, James Ransbone, and Andy Bean. And they're portraying the adult versions of the Losers Club, while the younger cast, Jaden Lieberher, Sophia Lillis, Jeremy Ray Taylor, Finn Wolfhard, Chosen Jacobs, Jack Dylan Grazer, and Wyatt Olef return from the first film as the Younger Losers, respectively. So this film is uh, written by Gary Doberman and only him. Last time it was written by Kerry Fukunaga, his writing partner, and then also with a little bit of uh, adjustment from Gary Doberman. This film is my most anticipated because, one, it comes out around my birthday, so I'm always going to have an f- affinity for these two films because of uh, I, this, this was like a birthday present of myself. Uh, and I love Andy Muschietti's directing from his mama movie to this, and, and he's also tapped to direct the live-action Attack on Titan film, which I'm really excited to see if he'll actually do it and if the studio will actually let him make it. Um, but with the success of the first film and how big and that, that was, I'm really excited to see the second part. And the second part is not known to be the most entertaining. So I'm really curious to see how Annie Muschietti and the producer Barbara Muschietti kind of like take these flashbacks into consideration and take the adult storylines that are looked at as kind of boring and make them interesting. Uh, I trust him completely and I'm really excited to see that film. So... Overall, once again, I'll go through my list, and then I'll kind of do some honorable mentions on the ones that I really liked. So at number five, we have Avengers Infinity War. At number four, we have Star Wars Episode Nine. At number three, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, at number two, we have The Lion King. And number one, we have It Chapter Two. So some honorable mentions that I want to shout out there are Shazam. I'm really excited about that film and how it turns out for the DCU, especially coming off of the hot Aquaman, which just made a million dollars or a billion dollars. Um, and then Hellboy starring David Harbour. I'm really excited to see how that one ends up. I was a big fan of the Guillermo del Toro movies, but I'm glad to see that they're going with a new spin on this. And it looks very badass, and David Harbour is going to be amazing in it. And I'm glad that he's getting more work outside of Stranger Things. Uh... And then also the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, directed by Todd Phillips. I'm really excited to see how that plays out. Uh, and Spider-Man Far From Home as well, uh, To in terms of the actual, what the, what the aftermath uh, is of Infinity War. I'm really excited to see that. And How to Train Your Dragon uh, 3 is also another film I'm excited about. Uh, I was a big fan of the first two, and I can't wait to see this final trilogy and final installment. And then also Godzilla King of the Monsters would probably be uh, a highlight for me because I'm really excited to see where this universe goes and also Aladdin and Toy Story 4. So those are my honorable mentions. Aladdin I'm really excited to see because of Will Smith and the director Guy Ritchie is I'm a big fan of. And I can't wait to see what he does with uh, his interpretation of that film. And Toy Story 4, I'm just curious as to what they're going to do next because... 
it seems like they capstone Toy Story 3 in that trilogy so perfectly. So them going back for Toy Story 4 is a little bit questionable to me because it's already ended so perfectly. And I don't want to see that ending ruined. Um, but yeah, overall, those are the ones that I'm looking forward to the most. And I can't wait to see. Oh, and also, let's not forget, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman with every person you loved in every 90s gangster movie such as Joe Pesci. Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, first uh, first time being directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, and the young technology, or the de-aging technology they're going to be using for this film. I'm really curious to see how an old-school director like A. Martin Scorsese is going to use um, to enhance this film, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, so yeah, those are my honorable mentions. I hope you guys, uh, I would love to hear your guys' uh, if you guys voice message it or send it in the voicemails or whatever. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on yours as well. So um, uh, in terms of that, I guess that's my most anticipated films of the year. So let's go now to the Oscar nominations for uh, this year or, and the upcoming Oscars film. Uh, okay. So... I'm going to go for the big awards. Um, I'm going to go from Best Picture all the way to Best Screenplay. Uh, or maybe Best Animated Feature Film. And then after that, I'll just, like, that'll be the ones that we get to. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one because that's just too much. And I haven't seen the majority of, uh, I don't really care about the technical awards all that much. I know they're important and stuff, but I personally don't want to be on for an hour talking about things I don't know about that well. Uh, so we're going to start with Best Picture. So Black Panther. Uh, Produced by Kevin Feige, Black Klansman. Produced by Sean McTrick, Sean McKittrick, Jason Blum, Raymond Mansfield, Jordan Peele, and Spike Lee. Bohemian Rhapsody. Produced by Graham King. The Favorite. Produced by C.C. Dempsey, Ed Guinea, Lee Magaday, and Yorgos Lanthimos. Green Book. Produced by Jim Burke. Charles B. Wessler, Brian Curry, Peter Farrelly, and Nick Vallelonga. Roma, produced by Gabriela Rodriguez and Alfonso Cuaron. A Star is Born, produced by Bill Gerber, Bradley Cooper, and Lynette Howell-Taylor. And lastly, Vice, produced by Dee Dee Gardner, Jeremy Kleiner, Adam McKay, and Kevin J. Messick. So this is a stacked Best Picture. Um, I enjoyed the majority of the films that I've seen from this list, which is Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star is Born. I've yet to see Roman Green Book and The Favorite. I will watch those before the Oscar nominations, uh, or the Oscars themselves, so I can know completely what to root for, what I think is going to win. At the moment, it seems like Roman Green and uh, The Favorite have the most nominations. Um, I thought that that spot would have been taken by A Star is Born. But uh, I'm really, there were probably like three Oscar, three to four Oscar snubs this year that I'm going to be mentioning later on. Um, for the most part, I'm okay with uh, the nominations here. Uh, in regards to Black Panther um, and Black Klansman and Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, I mean, Black Klansman deserves to be there. Uh, in my personal opinion, I don't know if I would have nominated Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther uh, because I'm not sure if... I don't want to make excuses like most film fans do as to why it was nominated because it does deserve it. It was a great movie and it was one of my favorites of the year, probably my favorite of the year uh, last year. But I do, I do think that um, there 
Uh, like, I don't, I'm not sure about the Black Panther nomination is what I'm trying to say, but I'm glad that it's there nonetheless. And also Black Klansman and Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I love the Black Klansman. I, th I think it's well-earned that that movie's on there. Bohemian Rhapsody, um, I don't know if that would win because of the Bryan Singer controversy and the Oscars don't want to nominate so much controversial stuff right now. Um, Roma, uh, Alfonso Cuaron is definitely a lock. And I didn't know this, but he's not also nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, which I think it'll win. But if it doesn't win Foreign Language Film, then it's definitely going to win Best Picture. Uh, and also, in regards to A Star is Born and Vice, Vice, I didn't think it was as good as The Big Short, which was Adam McKay's previous film, but I did enjoy it. Um, it ran a little too long and really beat the message over the head at the end, but nonetheless, it was still a good movie. Uh, I'm really surprised that If Bill Street Could Talk is not on this list. Uh, very surprised that they also left out First Man. I mean, I know that was a mixed film amongst critics and stuff, but I thought because it was Damien Chazelle that they wanted to nominate because it was Damien Chazelle. Um, but I, maybe because Barry Jenkins also came out with the film, because his isn't nominated either. Maybe they didn't want like a part two of what happened at the Oscars or trying to pit them against one another and things of that nature. Uh, so that's probably why none of them got nominated this year for Best Director or Best Picture. So uh, those are my thoughts on the um, the ones the movies that I've seen so far, and who I think is gonna win. I think so. My front runner right now is either Bohemian Rhapsody, Roma, or Black Panther. And the reason why I put Black Panther in there is because dark, the Black Panther is my dark horse. If this film thing wins, then I'm gonna be really shocked because I don't think, let alone it being nominated as a shock already. So if it does win, I'd be really really. One, I'd be excited because we have a, uh, a film that a lot of the critics, old and young, really like that um, to a point where it's broken the barrier. Now, some people would say that Logan and Dark Knight had, did it better and should have been nominated, and they are absolutely right. Um, but this being nominated is also a great uh, significance, and I'm really excited for that. So, uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, Roma... Um, Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther are my dar are my uh, front runners at the moment. I'm really excited to see who's going to win. So let's move on to Best Director. So we ha the nominees are Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Powell Polokski for Cold War, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, and Adam McKay for Vice. So this is also a very very interesting uh, nomination list here. So we got Spike Lee, who apparently has never been nominated for Best Director and never won either. So if that's true, then this is his first Best Directing nomination, even though he's been in this industry for decades. And um, that's crazy for me to even wrap around my head. Uh, I don't know if he'll win. I think Alfonso Cuaron has this in the bag. He's my front runner. The work that he did with Roma, I heard, was extravagant. And for the, he's been winning the mo most of the director noms and all the other award shows. So I'm assuming he's gonna win for best pick, uh, for best director here. Um, Adam McKay, like I said, still made a great film in Vice, but uh, I still prefer The Big Short over it. Uh, maybe because I love the cast in that, and uh, it was more of a, um, I don't know. I just un was able to connect with it more for some reason. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, I heard the favor was good. I'm glad that he got nominated. He deserves it. And, um, yeah, I guess uh, that's my thoughts on Best Director. And my front runner for that is Alfonso Cuaron, and I think he's a lock for it. Uh, moving on to Best Actor. The nominees are Christian Bale for Vice as Dick Cheney, 
Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born as Jackson Jack Maine, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate as Vincent Van Gogh, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury, Viggo Mortensen for Green Book as Frank Tony Lip Vallelonga, and these are your nominees for Best Actor of 2019. So, wow, let's uh, dissect this one as well. So, oh, oh, I forgot to mention my the the first snub that I wanted to mention was that Bradley Cooper was not direct uh, was not nominated for Best Director. I think he could have taken the Cold War director spot. Now, having said that, I don't know how good that movie is, so I don't want to knock that director at all or any of his work. Um, but I do feel like they could have maybe added in um, Bradley Cooper for that because of his all of his directing work. Now, maybe because he's like a youngin director, they're going to wait to see his next film like they have done with most directors in the past, such as Damien Chazelle, because he was nominated for Best Director um, for Whiplash, I believe. I don't know if he was or not, but he uh, did not win any of his awards that year that Whiplash came out, but it was nominated, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, in regards to this film, I'm really, really, er, uh, but that was my first big snub was Bradley Cooper's not getting a directing nod. Uh, th returning to best uh, actor, I think my lock for right now is Christian Bale, only because Vice is a more heavy subject matter. But if they're trying to go for like a light tone and feel, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek and him have been winning the most acting awards. So it's really a, a, a run to the races between those two, Christian Bale and Rami Malek. I loved Bradley Cooper's performance. I haven't seen Willem Dafoe's performance or Viggo Mortensen's performance. So I can't really comment on those. But um, between those two, I really did. Uh, or between the three and Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, and Rami Malek, I do think Christian Bale is a lock for it. Um, because of the extensive work he had to do in terms of just changing his whole body to meet this movie and also Rami Malek's uh, performance can also be taken into consideration. So, yeah, it's a lock between those two, I feel like, Rami Malek and Christian Bell. Moving on to Best Actress. So our nominees this year are Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma as Cleo Dagaria, Cleo Gutierrez, Glenn Close for The Wife, as Joanne Castleman, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, as Anne, Queen of Great Britain, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, as Ali Maine, Melissa McCarthy, and Can You Ever Forgive Me, as Lee Israel. Uh, so this film's, or uh, these actresses this year are also very, very high in profile and respectable. Yelitsa Aparicio, I, like I said, I didn't see Roma, so I'm not going to comment on her. Um, Glenn Close, uh, people are saying she's a lock for it. Uh, in regards to the wife because of her body of work and if now is basically now is the time to, to let her win if you are gonna give her an award anytime soon um, because she's getting to the age where she's at that Gary Oldman phase where she's been nominated a few times but has never won and she's getting to an age in her career where maybe she might not want to do this for the rest of her life and um, is now ready to win an Oscar so I believe she's going to be a lock for it, in my opinion. However, I heard Olivia Coleman's performance in The Favor was really well. Um, and she's also been winning a lot of the Best Acting Awards in terms of like the musical comedy and all that stuff for the Golden Globes. Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. Um, I really loved her performance, but she was essentially playing herself. But that's not denigrating her acting chops at all. I, she really broke my heart towards the end of the film. And 
um, really carried in my emotions throughout that. And Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me, I didn't see that film, so but everyone's saying that her performance is stunning in it. And um, her drama chops are, are there and she has them. I didn't know that. Uh, and that's not knocking her as well. I just really have never seen a movie where she's been serious. So I'm glad to see that she's getting recognition for that. So let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. Or Best Supporting Actor. Our nominees this year are Mahershala Ali for Green Book as Don Shirley. Adam Driver for Black Klansman as Philip Flip Zimmerman. Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born as Bobby Maine. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me as Jack Hawk, Sam Rockwell for Vice as George W. Bush. So now with this category, this has a lot to so first I'm gonna start off by saying I think so this is this is the one Timothy Chalamet is not nominated this year, which is fine. Um he did do a great job in Beautiful Boy from what I heard, but I haven't seen that from film either, but uh, the the real main snub here is that Steve Carell was not nominated for literally anything this year. And he was in three very high-proclaimed um, Oscar-esque type of films that could have gotten him any of these, like Best Actor, Best Picture nominations, all that stuff, in Welcome to Marwin with Robert Zemeckis and Beautiful Boy with whoever directed that and then also Vice with Adam McKay. Now, I think you could replace Sam Rockwell with um, Steve Carell in this regards. So to me, that was kind of a snub because it's like the Oscars didn't give him any love. Maybe it's because they know he's trying too hard to be like a dramatic actor, but he fits naturally into this category list for me in terms of what he brought to the table as Donald Rumsfeld and how he bantered with um, Christian Bale and the rest of the cast. So to me, that was one of the snubs. Um, but to the actors at hand, I love Sam Rockwell and, and Vice, but he just wasn't in it enough for me to be to nominate him. Adam Driver was amazing in Black Klansman, and I wish he could win, but I don't think he is. Mahershala Ali, although he, I, like I said, I didn't see Green Book. I heard, I heard his performance, and it was also good. Um, I think it was that movie was a little bit mixed as well, and the controversy surrounding that movie with Viggo Mortensen and then Peter Farrelly. So, and then he also won the last time he was nominated. So I'm not, I don't know if he'll win, but he is my front runner as of now to win because he's been winning uh, Best Supporting Actor in all the other award shows. So I'm only going to deduce that he's going to win for that one. I did enjoy Adam Driver's performance and Sam Elliott's performance, as well as Sam Rockwell and all the movies that they were in. But I think that Mahershala Ali is a lock for that, uh, for that um, golden statue that night. Then let's, as we move on to Best Supporting Actress... Our nominees this year are Amy Adams for Vice as Lynn Cheney, Marina de Tavira for Roma as Senora Sofia, Regina King for If Bale Street Could Talk as Sharon Rivers, Emma Stone for The Favorite as Abel Masham, Rachel Vice for The Favorite as Sarah Churchill. And so this is also a stacked category. Um, I'm glad. I'm really surprised to see two people from the same movie. I think they did this as well for um, the Hidden Figures because I believe Regina King and uh, what's her face, Janelle Monae were nominated in this in this uh, category. So I, this isn't the first time we've seen this, um, but I am excited that we have some strong women here being nominated this year. Amy Adams definitely stole the performance advice from me. <clears throat> the rest of them I haven't seen. Um, but I, since Regina King has been winning all the awards, I'm assuming she's going to win this one as well for Best Supporting Actress. 
<clears throat> so that's um, we can only uh, I can't wait to see what happens there. But the the nominees here are very strong, very capable, and very had great performances. Uh, moving on to best original screenplay, uh, we have the favorite, written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara. McNamara, uh, first reform written by Paul Schrader, Green Book written by Nick Vallelonga, Brian Curry, and Peter Fairley, Roma written by Alfonso Cuarón. Vice, written by Adam McKay. Now, <clears throat> last time at the Golden Globes, the Green Book has won for this uh, particular award, uh, the Screenplay Award. I think this is going to go to either the favorite, Green Book, or Roma, in my opinion. I think those are the three that I got in for like a key lock. My dark horse would be Vice, because Adam McKay's scripts, even though sometimes the execution could be terrible, um, are too too brash. Uh, I do love the way he writes his scripts and tells stories, so that's cool. Um, and that'd be cool if he won, but I feel like Green Book, Roma, or The Favorite kind of have this for a lock. Uh, moving on, we got Best Adapted Screenplay, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the screenplay by Joel and Ethan Cohen, based on a couple of short stories called um, All Gold Canyon by Jack London, The Gal Who Got Rattled by Stuart Edward White, and short stories by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Black Klansman, screenplay by Charlie Wachtel, David Rabowitz, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee, based on the book by Ron Stallworth. Can You Ever Forgive Me, screenplay by Nicole Holofkoffner, Connor, Holocenter, Jeff and Jeff Woody, based on the book by Lee Israel. If Bale Street Could Talk, screenplay by Barry Jenkins, based on the book by James Baldwin. And Star is Born, screenplay by Eric Roth and Bradley Cooper and Will Fetters. Uh, also adapted from a screenplay... I'm trying to find... I just messed up. Uh, based on the screen on the 1954 screenplay by Moss Hart and the 1976 screenplay by Joanne Didion and John Gregory Dunn and Frank Pearson, as well as based on the story by Robert Carson and William A. Wellman. So I believe, and see now this one is not really obvious. I don't know who could win this. Um, I would love if The Ballad of Buster Scruggs won because it's a Netflix film. And also I love Joel and Ethan Coen, the Coen brothers. And I love the work that they did with this film. And it feels so real and feels so westerny. And I loved it every second of it. So I'm hoping that they win or Black Klansman. Those two are my front runners. Um, but I think that they're going to either give it to If Bale Street or Starsborn, maybe. So those are like the Oscar chooses to pick. Um, so I think it's either going to be Black Klansman, A Star is Born, and Ballad of Buster Scruggs would be like my main picks. Uh, and um, If Bale Street Could Talk. Moving on to our final uh, film to be discussed, uh, Best Animated Feature Film, Incredibles 2, uh, directed by... Er, Incredibles 2 and the team of Brad Bird, John Walker, and Nicole Paradis Grindle. Isle of Dogs, uh, and the team of Wes Anderson, Scott Rudin, Stephen Rails, and Jeremy Dawson, Marai, and the team of Mamoru Hosada, and Yuchiro Saito. Ralph Breaks the Internet, with the team of Rich Moore, Phil Johnston, and Clark Spencer. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and the team of Bob Prusciati, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman, uh, with also Phil Lord and Chris Miller. So in this category, we got we got a strong category here. Mariah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope to see that soon. 
Isle of Dogs, I've seen a bit of, and I loved it. Uh, Incredibles 2, I also loved. Ralph Breaks the Internet, I also loved. Spider-Man is the Spider-Verse, uh, is, is my favorite of this year, um, so far. I do believe that it is going to win because it won at the Golden Globes and all these other award shows. So I think that's for that, uh, that it also has a lock in for this award. Um, my dark horse, my dark horse would be Isle of Dogs. And my second pick would also be, um, Mariah. Cause I feel like that, that the way that film was received, I'm hoping that it does get a nomination. So, or, or wins. So those would be like my top three that I choose. So overall, those are the Oscar nominations and my thoughts on the whole nominations list in general. I hope you guys enjoyed me um, talking about um, the films and that were nominated and what I thought about them. And I hope you guys tell me what your guys' thoughts on them are on our Facebook page at the Roundtable Club. Uh, the Roundtable Club uh, on Facebook. So please check that out when you ever get the chance. Um, Shazam. Uh, so the next piece of news that we have and the last piece of news that we have is in regards to Shazam and the one minute trailer that they released this week. So this is directed by David F. Sandberg and it stars Zachary Levi, Asher Angel, um, and Jack Dylan Grazer and Mark Strong as the people that have top billing on the film. So I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Uh, it is written by Peter or produced by Peter Sauer fan and Safran, and also based on the character created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck, and is the story is by Henry Gaden and Darren Lamech, and screenplay is by Henry Gaden. So, the out of the clip that they showed, I'm really excited to see that uh, this film is, I feel like it's going to be a big hit, believe it or not. I th I'm predicting that it's going to open small but have a long staying power, uh, especially with the renewed faith that people seem to have in the DCEU as of late with Aquaman coming out and that reaching a billion. Um, it's only a matter of time before Shazam comes out and also does the same thing. But I feel like it's not going to be opening big, but it is going to have long staying power and everyone is going to love it when they see it. It's been compared to as big with meets Superman um, in terms of the whole kid being taught by his friend how to be an adult and be a superhero in this case so it's going to be really i'm really interested to see how this plays out and what happens there and um i'm hoping that mark strong they're really hiding mark strong in these uh in these promos that they keep showing but um we did get to see a little bit more of him there was also some uh remnants of man of steel in there with uh with the end fight at the end and the jokes that they kept throwing out there about the house and trying to find a lair to create uh, and buying it as if it was like something they could just buy for free. Um, so that was also pretty funny and I like the jokes that they're using. Uh, I want to talk about the intro for this with it being Billy Batson jumping off of a roof and getting hit by lightning. I thought that was an extravagant, like an extravagant intro to the trailer because he does that a lot in like the cartoons. Like he always jumps from something and says it or he just does it in general. But... It felt like something they do in the cartoon animated ones, uh, animated films and everything that I've seen in his cartoon counterpart. And I, I literally can't wait to see a part where one day if this does happen and he meets the Justice League and someone's like losing control in the Justice League, um, there's this thing that he does in all the, like, the cartoon like movies that I've seen where he holds somebody and he says Shazam and the lightning hits them instead of him that it, like it usually does. And I'm hoping that he does that one day in like one of the films because I think that would just be cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh, my thoughts on the marketing material that we got for it. I can't wait to see how this film pans out and I can't wait to see it in general. So 
I guess my recommendations of the roundtable, where I kind of give you guys uh, where I spotlight or put a highlight on something that I really have been enjoying lately. So my first, uh, my first uh, recommendation is Young Justice Season 3 has just been released. I'm really excited. I had to rewatch the whole thing so I can remember what happened, and I've uh, loved every minute of it. Uh, so yeah, check that out. My next uh, nomination is Uncharted 4. Uh, I've been playing that game a lot more, and that game is beautiful and amazing, and I can't wait to finish it. And yeah, for the most part, those are my nominations and my recommendations of the roundtable. So like I said, my name is William Christian Price. Please follow our page on Facebook for the Roundtable Club podcast. Share, like, comment, or whatever. And do whatever you can to spread the word out there about our uh, podcast. Thank you for joining me once again. Uh, and like I said, this is, William, uh, this is Praise signing off, and I'll see you guys soon.